Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Alex. And if you're ready to unlock conversations where you can be wholeheartedly yourself, then come on in. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, good to see you. And you, and you. How are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, I'm excited to have a chat. Yeah. So I know you have a topic in mind. Do you want to take the floor? I do. I do. So it's kind of expanding a little on what I mentioned briefly in the last one. We kind of, I can't remember how we or why we got into it, but I said about how I've gotten into this uh, not particularly helpful routine of not leaving the house very often. And honestly, I think this is a, it's part of a wider thing that I've been experiencing for the last couple of years. And it's the first time in my life that I've really experienced loneliness. Mm. And it's, although it feels like, because I I wanted to talk about it here because I've tried to write about it for my Substack. And I have like two half written articles and there's just no, I can't seem to articulate in written form exactly how it feels or exactly how it is or the way that I experience it or, and there's not really any, I think with, with my articles, often there is no sort of like takeaway points. It's just left for the reader to, to deal, to take from it what they want. But I do like to not make it totally about me, you know, to sort of, for it to be applicable to more people. And although this is, I am 100% sure, very applicable to most people in the world, there especially now after the we've kind of come through the covid years and everything like that it's when I when I write about it I can't see that I can't or it just feels like I'm talking about my own loneliness so I kind of wanted to have a conversation with you about it just because then it's you know you're in the conversation too basically I'm selfishly (laughs) jumping (laughs) selfishly using you uh, to uh guide the conversation with me. <laughs> yeah sure well I mean it's what we're here for just to have a conversation and see where it goes so thank you for sharing um that and I think it's really interesting the point you bring up about like I've been trying to write about this and there just there isn't a it can't be wrapped up into one article is kind of what I'm hearing that there's there's no wrap up you're just going to leave it open and that feels I wonder if because of the topic that kind of feels like um part of like the pain right it's like Mm -hmm. loneliness is a um, you know to leave something kind of undone it kind of seems to me in the same energy as loneliness like I wonder if there's some link there and um and and when we talk about loneliness like I'm wondering how is it showing up for you because I know you know I know that you live with somebody else um I know that you have friends and family who you love to spend time with so how's how's it showing up for you 
yeah it's so interesting and that's exactly one of the one of the things that I didn't realize until I <laughs> until I have been feeling it is this understanding that you can live with someone and live with someone great there's nothing you know wrong with my partner he's wonderful and I'm not lonely when I'm with him yeah um although I say that there is a there's there is a space in my life that he can't and shouldn't have to fill so that I guess it is still there but yeah the, that it can be something that's experienced um even if you're not fully alone and I think the hardest part is it feels like there's an element of shame that accompanies loneliness that doesn't really accompany other emotions for me like if I'm feeling um heavy emotion if I'm feeling um you know days where I felt really low or um if I'm feeling anger these are emotions that I think I've done enough work around or maybe I'm just used to enough that they are I don't feel shame around them I'm comfortable saying this is how I feel I know it will pass this is um you know it doesn't become uh it doesn't hold judgment Mm -hmm. whereas with loneliness there's this feeling of if people view me as a lonely person that says something about me or you know that carries this this is my own internal mind talking that it um (laughs) that it carries with it this feeling of um loneliness is something that is your fault because Mm -hmm. if you were to um if you were to be a better friend or if you were to involve yourself more or have better routines, then you wouldn't be experiencing these things. And I know from experiencing, you know, hard emotions that that's, there's an element as we've spoken about, uh, was it last week where we spoke about bad or unhelpful routines and how sometimes we need to crack our own, nut a little bit and just get out of our of our shell but at the same time there's um yeah there's like a there's a blame associated with it for me that I think it's is maybe the hardest thing to to feel because again it's it's self-perpetuating then because the shame isolates and the shame like um increases the sense of loneliness because you don't want to talk about it you don't want to say oh I feel really lonely because then there's an element of judgment or there's an um, element of oh you know why don't you go and join a club you know things like like that um and and yeah I I think that's that's hard and how I experience it um so so I've been working from home since, so I left my full-time job in 20, it was either 2018 or 2019. I want to say 2018. So even two years or a year and a half or something before the pandemic, I was working from home. 
And at first it was really great. So much free time or at least so much, um, so much flexible time could work where I wanted, when I wanted, um, was, was, um, was putting myself into a lot of new business communities, um, like networking groups, these kinds of things. So maybe I was talking to people a lot more, although I can't really remember doing that. I can't really remember like actually getting on calls with anyone or talking to anyone, but I think it was, it was novel and it was new. And obviously now it's four years later and COVID has like, has, there's a lot more people who understand the, the difficulties of working from home. Like there's so many benefits and at the same time, it's it is isolating it can be isolating um you don't have that um uh, even the the mundane elements of working in an office you know the hey how are you doing or the like should we go to Pratt and grab a sandwich you going out for lunch that kind of thing okay. you don't have any of that um and you don't hear other people I, I think that was the main thing that I didn't um was I didn't get other people okay. and that kind of thing. Just lost you for back. Yeah. You're back, yes. Am I back? Okay, perfect. Um where did you hear me from? It was just that last sentence that Kyle slightly. Hmm. Yeah, so I didn't really, I didn't really prep myself for the fact that I wouldn't hear other people, and I put on podcasts and stuff in the background, but they're not real people, you know. <laughs> so, so it's it's been like a sl- a very slow wearing down of the number of people who I interact with. Um, and then COVID hits and obviously we're all, there was like a huge uptick in online communication. And then we all sort of like shuffled into our interior lives. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's increased from then. The, and I think I have met, there are some people who do really well with digital communication, with social media, with keeping up with online communities and stuff like that. I'm I'm not one of those people. Um, I, and I'm not very good with my phone. I don't enjoy long WhatsApp interactions. Um, and, you know, I'm pretty good with, with voice notes, um, but I'm not like a quick responder. So, my yeah it's just sort of it's felt as though the work the work sort of connection went and then slowly from there little other pieces of the ways that I communicate with people um you know the the last of my friends I'm looking at you Emma um (laughs) moved (laughs) moved to a different place um and that was sort of the last person who I had um you were the last person who I had locally 
And before that, my friends just sort of trickled away one by one to move to different locations. And so it's just been a slow, gradual sort of descent into this feeling. Yeah. And you said that last bit then about your friends slowly moving away. It made me wonder if every generation experiences a version of this. Mm. It made me wonder if it's, because it's easy for us to kind of think, and they definitely play a role, but it's easy for us to think, it's because we work from home, it's, it's because we've been through this COVID experience of distancing and isolating and I definitely they, they must have a big effect I mean we have no idea really still do we the effect on people's psyches of that experience but I also wonder if there's something about the age that we are and and I wonder if this had happened to like our parents and our parents parents as well at this point where people's lives become like less focused on friendships and socializing and more focused on other things and um, I'm a massive fan of the Friends television series and when um, I was watching the reunion I saw one of the creators of it saying you know we wanted to create something that just explored that period of time where your friends become your family yeah. and it's that period where your friends are the most important thing and, and that's all that matters and you don't really have other responsibilities and you know they were like it had to come to an end because that era was coming to an end for those characters they were into their 30s they were having children they were moving for careers and I wonder whether the, there's a naturalness to what's happening right now in that way I yeah 100% agree with you it's such a strange age it's oh. such it's, it's like I, th I think it's and this is one of the pieces in my article at which I get stuck because articulating this um with with a sort of full understanding is difficult yeah. especially when I picture my friends reading it but um you know I think there is an element of that um that is uh that is reduced if you have children and yeah. um a lot of my friends they've made new connections in their baby groups or you know just in um you see um you know you see different people if you're going to play groups or soft play that type of thing and I there the other element is that it's much easier to say kind of like, oh, should we meet up for a coffee? Let's bring the kids. Mm. Like we've both got kids. We may as well just, you know, bundle them up and bring them along. Um, and that for me is the, is the difficult part because I wholeheartedly respect their decision to, mm. um, to take that route with, with their lives. And I'm, equally wholeheartedly comfortable with the decision that I've made to not have children um you know I'm I'm 34 I don't feel like that decision is going to change um as we always say who knows you never know <laughs> when the 
uh, but yeah, at the moment I'm totally comfortable with it. Um, and yet that I see that it's much easier to have that sense of like of community and of um, everyone being together at the same time and experiencing a similar thing if you are in the group of people who are having children and I think and I part of my decision to not have children comes from the fact that I don't enjoy spending a lot of my time in um, child environments and I know that they're like one of my friends she's so funny she's like I, I love my kid but I don't enjoy any other people's children. I don't enjoy any of the baby groups. I don't enjoy talking, like small talk, kid talk, can't stand it. So I understand that you don't necessarily have to do it that way. Mm. But um, but at the same time, like I haven't yet figured out where the equivalent is for me. Mm. And I definitely haven't found it on a local in a local way in a like let's meet up for a coffee or let's just bump into people um and because I think it's I there are some online communities that I'm a part of that are really nourishing and I feel like I could really they're quite new so I I could I haven't yet but I could connect with people deeply in there but, you know, they'll be spread out across the world slash over the country. So you're not just going to bump into people. And I, do you remember, do you remember Mary Portis on, yeah. from, uh, from British TV fame? Mm-hmm. She, so she has a podcast that uh, I've been listening to a bit because she talks about um, doing business in a different way. Um, and one of the things, she references an article, or I think it was a book. Um, it was a book written in like the 1960s um, called The Death and Life of, a, of American Cities or something like that, the maybe Great American Cities or something, um, written by Jane someone, but either way. And it talks about how um, community life, even in the 60s, like so exactly what you're saying, um the 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 richness of life is in the moments that are like bumping into someone on the street or um always seeing the same person when you go um for to a certain place at a certain time and having a sort of like laugh about that um that's that's what makes our lives lives you know that that's what gives us texture and and makes our days enjoyable and the thing that she was writing about in this book was the American town planners at the time were focusing on building out of town like the big malls Mm. so that that would then displace all the people from from those little interactions they would they wouldn't have those anymore because Mm. you don't have to go to the town for any reason and obviously this was Mary Portis's thing back in the day it was about the rejuvenation of the British high street Mm -hmm. and um and yeah like so I do I think it is something that is dealt with by um in in most ages and I just haven't found where my 
enjoyness like where my nourishment where that where those interactions those enjoyable day moments are mm. in this age in my experience of my life yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it and like I think that there can be a tendency for us to think well it's it's okay for this generation because they have the internet so mm that you can connect online, you can find your community online, you can meet people who you would never have had the chance to meet, who um, you share like deeply held values with, but it's not the same, right? <laughs> it's not the same, of course. It, it's beautiful in its own way, but I don't necessarily uh, think that it fills that gap that you're talking about. So I really get that, that... Mm that's not giving you that and it's giving you something else maybe yeah. something else other generations didn't have access to which is amazing but it's not filling that that gap yeah exactly exactly like there's you can't just bump into someone on the internet <laughs> yeah I guess the equivalent would be seeing their Instagram story and be like oh that's like I love that that looks really great Um, which is you know a fleeting little interaction and then you move on Um, but yeah there's there's not the there's not the texture there Um, you know and alongside all of those fleeting enjoyable interactions you then have you know whether or not social media or technology is also taking from you at the same time as it's giving from you you know as you say we don't really know the impact of spending half an hour on social media scroll in enough depth to know whether or not those interactions increase um give you give you more than they're taking than just the act of scrolling is is taking from you um or maybe we do know enough and I just I haven't done that research but yeah 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 exactly it's um yeah and I guess like what you were saying earlier about the feeling of shame accompanying it right is I guess it's because it makes you feel like you should be able to fix this issue like you you've caused it somehow like you're at cause for this and and so I wonder if like realizing that every generation experiences it in their own way is a bit of a balm for that feeling that you didn't cause this it's part of um it's part of being human yeah yeah I yeah I can feel that and I think I think some of the shame is tied to like an understanding of I wonder if it sort of dates back to school and that kind of thing, you know, being yeah. the like the popular crowd or, you know, the people with the most friends are obviously the best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the people with um, who are really busy, who have all of their social interactions and everything they're they're obviously the best people because they're like in demand. <laughs> and so maybe it, you know it pulls on something like that something very both um like taught personally oh why is my mac gonna die oh it's because my charge is <laughs> there we go um yeah it harks on something personal like from school but then also 
um, pulls on something very ancient. You know, those social hierarchies um, are life and death in a back in back in ancient times. So, yeah, I think there's there's definitely something in shedding the that sort of um yeah I guess it's like a self-projection like a a self-judgment like it's not it's not true it's not real this idea that the most the people with the most friends with the most social interactions are the best people um I with my 34 year old brain I can look back on school and know that wasn't true so I can apply it to myself yeah yeah and I wonder if there's a like a different um a different way of capturing those moments you know that you were talking about and because I you know I lived in a town that I grew up in um until like this year so it was very common that if I walked through that town I would see lots of people that I knew um and something I've noticed obviously I don't have that now because I've moved but something that I notice as beautiful and maybe this is more in the UK than in other countries because we still have little towns and we still have little independent shops I don't know how much other countries have that probably the same in Europe but maybe not elsewhere um is talking to strangers mm. and <laughs> I I think that we have lost this ability a little bit because of the phones right so if we're if we're sitting alone at a, a train station or we're sitting alone in a restaurant our partner's gone to the bathroom right we are so uh trained to just get out our phone rather than like sit there and I'm thinking back to like a couple of little instances in the past year where I've talked to strangers and noticing right now like it felt good at the time but noticing right now like how really good it felt is interesting for me and because I'm not hearing it doesn't sound like you're saying that the loneliness is actually you know it's the answer is not to go and join a club the answer is not to book in more coffees with friends like it's it's not really those things that are going to make a difference it's this it's this connection to other humans in like very real human ways and um I wonder if there's something in that of looking up from our phones more and seeing who's there and talking to people and like making little comments to strangers that might feel uncomfortable but lead to like a beautiful surprising interaction yeah yeah absolutely I mean I think I could 100% be better with my existing friends um I am I think I've I've relied so long on long periods of silence followed by intense real nourishing um like weekends spent together and that kind of thing that's generally how my my friendships um operate and not from any sort of not wanting to talk in between or anything negative it's just um yeah when I see them it's perfect and that's wonderful um 
and I guess the in-between times have been much more made up of people that I've seen day to day or people who I work with or things like that and now that not only have I lost the the day-to-day but I've also lost those nourishing weekends just as we're saying due to life changes and um or at least they're going to happen much more rarely um then it's like I think that's the that's the like damaging equation that results in this in this feeling and so yeah one way I'm not I'm not going to get back those those weekends um I'm not going to get back the life pre-kids or the life of of our 25 year old friends era you know like that's it's not going to happen um but uh, yeah I can I can get back more of a day-to-day um and I and I think noticing that I'm I'm not so willing or I I think for a long time I've I've sort of pressured myself to be like okay well you need to talk to your friends more day-to-day you need to get on your phone more or message them more or you know whatever it is um and then never really enjoying those interactions. So it never, it never feels the same. Not that I, not that I don't enjoy talking to my friends. Of course I do, but it's the, it's the method that I find enjoyable. So yeah, the day to day I can, I can do a little bit more of, and then at some point they're obviously in baby time right now. So when their kids are older, the the weekends will be easier um yeah but yeah it's I think that's that's the equation so if I can I can only focus on one half of the equation um mm. uh, I can't solve the whole thing um but that's okay right now yeah yeah beautiful I love that and I was just you know thinking about um I have a friend who we lived together for a year when we were 18 and then she moved away. She moved, she moved to Spain. She stayed there for a number of years. And then when she moved back to this country, she moved, you know, hours away. And, and um, something I really love about my friendship with her is we won't talk for months. Like there won't even be a text. There won't be anything at all. Um, I've never gone and visited her for some reason it just hasn't happened she has not come and visited me and yet every now and again um one of us will message and be like should we have a call and we sit on the phone for like an hour to an hour and a half just we did it just this weekend which is why it's in my head Mm um you know and there's that feeling of like straight back in there's that feeling of like this is such a safe connection this is such a safe relationship and and I think the beauty in it for me is the lack of pressure to keep up with each other's lives constantly like we probably only speak we probably only do these hourly calls maybe like two or three times a year so we're it might be like six months goes by before we speak again Mm -hmm. um there's probably been gaps that have been longer than that over this you know however you know 15 year period um but something that's really special to me about that is I don't feel any pressure to do this like 
hey how are you how's like like texting yeah. thing um and I think it's because we both acknowledge that there's actually not very much richness there for our friendship like the richness comes through having a more intensive conversation less regularly and it, and she's really the only person that I have that with which is interesting to me like a lot of my other friendships are I do feel the pressure to like check in and make sure I'm being present and make sure I'm you know doing this but I wonder whether that's a result of our um of our tech uh upbringing right this like constant um fast communication like everything's sped up so quickly because if you think only like a hundred years ago if you wanted to get in touch with somebody you had to write them a letter and then (laughs) that letter had to like make its way across the country right on like very slow um transport they had to read it and get it and then they had to send you one back like it would take weeks to be conversation with somebody um whereas my my cousin who is a decade younger than me I really remember this moment once where she was talking about this boy hadn't messaged her back and I was like oh well how long's it been and her on honest to god she said 11 minutes (laughs) (laughs) I was just like what (laughs) I probably got to the bathroom or something like (laughs) it's fine um oh do you remember those 11 minutes though like (laughs) when you were waiting for a boy to text you back 11 minutes was a lifetime (laughs) a lifetime (laughs) but I feel like we've gotten into into that and like I'm I think I'm okay at doing this like I sometimes it takes me up to 30 days to reply to an email someone sends me you know and I have emails sitting in my my inbox right now that are like three weeks old I'm thinking oh there's like I'm getting ready to reply to that email <laughs> but yeah. um so I can do it in my work life quite well but I do wonder if this is also a product yeah of, of the time we live in of this um constant need to quickly respond to things. yeah yeah definitely and that, and how much that says about being a good friend or what mm. it kind of the the parameters we've set up about what makes a good friend um because yeah. you know when I when I consider that question or think about that for myself you know I I know that I am a good friend I'm you know I'll mm. I can listen I can um I I can you know we laugh a lot and I'm there for people but I I just I'm not going to message every day and I and I think you know that's or every week even Mm. it's and I think I've been um or something has been really telling me that that's what makes me a bad friend Mm. interesting yeah so maybe it's just a, a shift in like our parameters and our ideas of like what a good friendship is and like what those measures are for friendship because I think it's important to question that I mean I know you and I do this a lot in our businesses like we question things and we're curious about 
things that may not be true for us that are the standard like we're saying um we'll know what what's my measure of success yeah personally to me it's not what the world has told me it is and and like maybe there's just space to do that in in friendships in every area of life as well like actually I think my my friendship with this woman I was telling you about like that's such a successful friendship for me and I talk to her two or three times a year like yeah. that's it we don't go and visit we don't make plans we don't, she sometimes messages me if she's in the area because she you know comes to visit family but she tells me like the day before she's like <laughs> by the way I'm in town tomorrow I want to have a coffee <laughs> like, yeah. and it's there's an ease in that and I I wonder if I wonder what makes it okay for us to have this because I know that there's friendships who maybe this wouldn't feel okay with and and I I think it's because we set that tone um early like that was set 15 years ago that this is the dynamic um so I guess trying to change a dynamic that's not that feels a bit more risky it feels like a pulling away um but I wonder what we can do there because there's definitely friendships where I feel pressure to like be in touch more because because I care right and this is the point like it's because you care about these people that you feel like this so yeah I wonder if there's a, a way to like almost press a reset button on what being a great friend means yeah yeah and I think there's there I think the part that maybe I haven't been I haven't been analyzing it like that. And I also haven't been, I haven't found the way to express the the way that I'm a good friend um, in a way that has that has sort of felt good within this new time that we're in. You know, it, we're it's um both, you know, for, for our ages, for our family structures, um in a increasingly digital world all of those things mm-hmm. haven't found the the way to that feels right um I haven't settled into a rhythm unless mm-hmm. like a group of jackdaws on my lawn they've found something <laughs> really tasty there's like a, a load of them just came down um, <laughs> but yeah there's yeah I haven't found the way to do that and so I'm like failing on both both ends here because I'm not I'm not doing that the the middle part and I'm not expressing the thing that feels good um and I think that's important to note like not from a um for like slamming down on myself but also just like okay where can I um do a little better mm-hmm. on in a way that feels really good um you know my there's a friend who I love dearly she's one one of my oldest oldest friends um and she is a exceptional communicator <laughs> in that she she does really well at keeping up with people um and she has a lot of friends and I we do you know it works for us to have like phone calls in but because I've been struggling with various things over the last six months we haven't she's asked for a call and it hasn't it hasn't felt like a a good thing for me to do so I haven't um but yeah there's yeah there's I could definitely do better and in the way that I want to do better 
and yeah. just forget about the the texting or the the replying or the you know all those sorts of things I think that's really interesting um that you say that right they're like actually because you know when you say that oh, there's shame around this right I think the tendency is whenever there's shame or that someone feels shame for us to be like no 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 you should never feel shame right you should never feel that it's a, like you're great like we want to be like never feel that it's okay but actually like sometimes that feeling is it does have a, a valuable message for us like not always like sometimes it's toxic and it's just um you know unhelpful patterning or whatever but I think sometimes it's saying like actually there is something you want to do more of like there is something you actually want to do that you're not doing so then that feeling is is highlighting that to you um so it has a purpose like it has a validity there and this is so you know I had a conversation with someone recently who said um you know my mind is telling me that like I've got some limit I've got some limiting beliefs about how I just I can't run a business I don't know how to run a business um and you know I said well have you ever run a business before and they said no and it's like or that might not be a limiting belief there may be some unhelpful beliefs about it that you can look at but there's also a truth in that there's also a I've never done this before I don't know how to do it I I need those practical skills to be built so I think like sometimes our unhelpful emotions and feelings can be I don't know we want to bat them away all the time but like sometimes they have an actually important message for us yeah yeah I think that's so true like there's um there is always not always as you say but there is there is an indication that there's a message that mm-hmm. even if the message is just like you're not doing very well right now mm-hmm. um like there's yeah there's a there's a message in whatever that's communicating you know emotions um you know under under just a, a chemical cocktail or just a release of hormones or um uh, in our in our bloodstream released for a, a reason or in response to a stimuli and sometimes that stimuli is not particularly true or real or helpful yeah but the stim- sometimes it is yeah absolutely yeah like if my brain is saying my thoughts are saying like oh you're just so lazy right like I have two two options there it feels like I can either be like that's just my mean inner voice and I need to just ignore that right and and it's not valid almost and then there's like the other way of being like oh it's true and now I feel awful I feel like there's this middle path of being like okay well that's that hurt like that felt hard to hear but what's true here like Mm -hmm. Because actually, I don't want to carry on just not not doing the things that I say I'm going to do. Like, I want to find the energy for those things. So, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And um, I, I guess there's the beauty in the challenging experiences, the challenging thoughts and feelings. Like, there's the beauty in the loneliness is that actually it might prompt you to do those things that you really want to do. so that you can have the friendships you really want to have yeah absolutely absolutely and I think you know that's exactly why 
I wanted to explore this topic just because, um, you know, loneliness is increasing. I think a lot, I think a lot of people, especially people who didn't maybe expect they would experience loneliness or from the outside, I, you know, I have a secure relationship. I have friends, all those kind of things. Um, with people you don't think experience loneliness and yet it's something that as a society we're sort of we're experiencing we're having to deal with maybe a bit more than we have before or maybe it's just this age maybe at this age we have to (laughs) deal with it more than we did before um and so it's important to explore it like just kind of pick it apart a little bit to put to talk about it in ways that are open and be um and be curious about what it is and be um willing to um to understand it on in all of its in all of its dimensions yeah beautiful I love that Mm -hmm. does it feel like there's anything unsaid here about this topic I don't think so not for me not for me yeah no me either that feels like a good place to end Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you.